Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. If your roof starts to leak or your floor's really squeak, you live in a money pit. Money pit. If your basement needs a pump or your place looks like a dump, you live in a money pit. Money pit. Pick up the telephone, fix up your home sweet home. I call it 888 Money Pit. The Money Pit is presented by Owens Corning, the Angie App, LL Flooring, Bank of America, Arrow Fasteners, and Quick Creek. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. Coast to coast and floorboards to shingles, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show on air and online at moneypit.com. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And we hope you guys are having an awesome day out there. The weather is so pleasant in our neck of the woods. It is home improvement season. We love to call this the Goldilocks season. Why do we call it the Goldilocks season, Leslie? (laughs) Because the weather is just right. It's not too hot. It's not too cold. It's kind of perfect for all of those outdoor projects and great for painting. Oh, yeah. I mean, definitely is the painting season. Because, you know, when you paint and it's too hot, the paint dries actually too quickly, and it doesn't flow right. It leaves brush marks and stuff like that. So, yeah, no matter what you're doing inside or out, this is the season to get it done. Hey, coming up on today's show, we're going to talk about some tips for renters first off. If you're a renter, you're probably doing that to maybe save some money. So you don't want to waste it on high utility bills. So in today's Smart Spending Tip, we're going to share tips to help you save money on heating those rental apartments, and this will make you a lot more comfortable. These improvements will not require any major changes to your place. You're not going to get in trouble with your landlord. You're just going to save money. And you know what, guys? We've all watched those horrible fires that have been consuming in the West, but more homes are being built these days in wildfire-prone areas. So are we selecting the materials that we choose for our homes differently because of this? And are the manufacturers seeking new ways to make their products more fire-resistant? We're going to share one that is just ahead. And is your driveway worn or chips or suffering from those nasty oil stains? We've got a surefire solution to clean up the stains and restore the surface in just a bit. And no matter when you guys tune into the Money Pit, you can always, always get in our fun giveaways. And this one is sure to make you want to stick around. We're giving away the Arrow GT300 glue gun. It's worth 49 bucks. Going out to one listener, drawn at random. Make that you. Call us with your questions right now at one eight 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 Money Pit. That's eight 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 six 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 three nine seven four. Or post your questions to moneypit.com. Let's get to it, Leslie. Who's first? Joe in New York is on the line and looking for some clean air at home. How can we help? I seem to have a problem with excessive dust in the house. I know I, I dry dust the wood floors every week, and there's an accumul- a significant accumulation of dust on the mop head. And after about two weeks, there's a slight dust film on some of the wood furniture. But and I was starting to wonder if it maybe it is it's my heating system or maybe something else. I mean, I I have a forced air heating system, but I also have a an April Air House HEPA air cleaning system with that. Huh. I change that filter once a year just before the heating season when it really, you know, really, I'm really using it. And, uh, and I try to use higher quality air ducts. Uh, I pleated air filters for the return ducts, which I change about once every one to three months, depending on how much use I get out of the heat or the AC. Uh, but I guess the question is, 
I hate to call somebody and have duct cleaning. I've heard so many negative things about duct cleaning not really being the issue. Yeah, and I don't know if it's the issue in this case. You have uh, the April Air filter that you have right now. Is it the one that's really thick, like about three inches thick? It's, it's like an accordion style. You take it out of a box, you pull it out of the bottom, and then it's like an accordion. And um, I know when I take it out, it's not... It doesn't look dirty in terms of, like, brown, but there's a lot of white particles that I guess, I don't know, maybe that's where the filter traps right. it. But when I, mm-hmm. I take it out and shake it, it's a lot of the white and white filters. And now I do know that the return vent filters, you know, they are, you know, they're pretty dirty when I pull them out. So, I mean, there's something going on there. Um, I don't know. I've also seen advertised these electrostatic register vent filters. Would that help if I put, you know, you cut them and put them into the individual vents? Before I went there, I would probably upgrade the static filters I have right now. I think you could be a good candidate for an electronic air cleaner. That would be mounted to the return side of the ducts. It's actually a combination of media filter and electronic charging grid. Okay. And what it does is it, it charges the dust particles so that they stick to the grid more efficiently. Oh, wow. Okay. And if I did that, I might have the ducts clean at the same time just to kind of check that box. But I okay. agree with you that it's, it's rarely... Uh, you really have to do that unless you know you've done some kind of remodeling in the house that's caused a lot of ducks, you know, to. Yeah, this is a house was built about 18 years ago. It's a fairly new house, so the whole system was put in yeah. back then. So, I'm, okay, yeah. and it's a ranch house. I would take a look at the April Air Model 5000 whole house electronic air cleaner. Okay, and there's another one by Train that's called Clean Effects that's also equally good. Train Clean Effects or the April Air 5000. Both of those are very good whole house. Air cleaners, and I think you'll you'll notice a difference. And that would be an upgrade of what I have now, probably which is yeah, older version. It's eighteen yep. years old, and exactly. yeah, so it would be much more efficient then. Okay, exactly. All right, great. Thank you very much. Appreciate You're it. You're welcome. Good luck with that project. Thanks for calling us at eight 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 Money Pit. Angela and George is on the line. I would love to tackle a painting project. How can we help? We have vinyl flooring in our kitchen, and it's more than twenty years old. And um, there are just a few areas where. It's starting to yellow, um, and it's like coming it coming probably from underneath because bleach doesn't doesn't work, and it's got nicks on it, you know, in it. Anyway, I was thinking I had always wanted to have like a black and white checkered floor, and this pattern is like a grid. It's like six, six inch squares, so it's already all lined out. And I was you know thinking about painting it black and white or whatever color scheme you know I decide upon but I don't know what type of product to use. Yeah, I don't think painting a vinyl floor is a very good idea. I don't think there's any product designed for that, especially a 20-year-old vinyl floor. If you wanted that type of pattern, I would just get a new piece of vinyl. I mean, they're not that expensive. Uh, the the yellow that you described is not a stain. It's a chemical reaction. What happens with vinyls, it ages, especially if it's had, like, throw rugs over it or rubber back carpets over it, is it's uh, oxidation that occurs that changes the color of the vinyl. A lot of people think that those are stains, but they're really not. It's just a physical change of the vinyl material. But I don't think vinyl can be painted. I mean, vinyl siding can barely be painted, and I don't recommend that either. There are some high adhesion primers used for that, but you know, take that to the floor. Now you've got to have something that's really durable. It can take chairs being rubbed across the floor and that kind of thing. So I don't think painting is, an, is a possibility. I would be considering another type of product. And you know what? There are so many new floors today. The prices have come so far down. You can get beautiful laminate floor now that's super water resistant for under about three bucks a foot. So I would take a look at the new flooring and, and treat yourself to, to uh, a floor that uh, looks like that pattern that you envision, but is much newer and more durable. Okay. Could that new type of flooring just be applied on top of this? 
like just right on top of it? You can put it on top. Um, if the old flooring comes up easily, I always like to take as much of that up as I can. I don't like putting layers down, but you know what? If it's, uh, if it's solid and it's flat and, uh, it's, you know, well adhered, then I think it's okay to go on top of it. Just keep in mind that when you do that, you make the floor thicker than it was before or taller than it was before. And sometimes, not so much just with vinyl, but sometimes, like, if you have a dishwasher, if this is a kitchen you have a dishwasher, you can, you could you could be at risk of sort of flooring in the dishwasher, so to speak. In other words, you could uh, have flooring that's thicker than the legs of that dishwasher. So what you really have to do is take the dishwasher out, floor all the way into it, and then adjust the legs and slide it back in again. All righty. Well, all of the appliances probably could be pulled out. Um, yeah, that wouldn't be a problem. All right. Well, then good luck with that project. The good news is you're getting a whole new floor. <laughs> it's going to be a lot easier than painting the old one, I'll tell you that. A lot less work, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yep, now and in the future. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Thank you. Did you know that Americans take 20,000 breaths a day and spend an average of 90% of their time indoors? That's right. And according to the EPA, the level of indoor air pollutants can be two to five times higher than outdoor air and occasionally more than 100 times higher. Plus, every spring we get sucked with allergens too. Well, Air Doctor is an air purifier that filters out dangerous contaminants like pollen, pet dander, dust mites, and mold. Their Ultra HEPA filter has been independently tested to remove 99.99% of tested allergens, including bacteria and viruses. That's impressive. Now, Air Doctor also comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus the shipping. And they're offering a special discount to Money Pit listeners. Just head to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT, and you'll receive up to $300 off air purifiers. Exclusive to podcast customers, you'll also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. Lock this special offer in right now by going to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT. That's airdoctorpro.com, promo code MONEYPIT. Everyone should know that drinking water is important to staying hydrated and healthy. Having safe, clean water is the last thing you want to worry about, but unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants right in its tap water. That's why we are thrilled to be working with AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers use a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process, and their countertop purifiers work with no installation or plumbing. It removes 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and is specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAs in your water supply. And they have water purifiers to fit every type of home, from installation-free countertop purifiers to higher-capacity under-sink options. They even have a Wi-Fi-connected purifier and mineral boost options. And its proprietary purification technology is independently tested by IATMO to NSF and ANSI standards to remove over 80 of the most harmful contaminants, including chlorine, fluoride, arsenic, PFAs known as forever chemicals, nitrate, and many more. I can truly taste the difference when I compare it with my old water filter. AquaTrue saves you money also. Just one set of filters from their classic purifier makes the equivalent of 4,500 bottles of water. That's less than three cents a bottle. Plus, you'll save the environment from tons of plastic waste. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee and even makes a great gift. And today, Money Pit listeners can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier. 
Just go to aquatrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter code MONEYPIT at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue water purifier when you go to aquatrue.com and use promo code M-O-N-E-Y-P-I-T. Money Pit. Well, no matter when you hear this program, you can always get in on our giveaways. We've got a great one today. We're giving away the Arrow GT300 glue gun. Now, this is my favorite glue gun. And when I told my family that, they're like, only you would have a favorite glue gun. No, I also have a favorite glue gun. You've got to have a favorite glue gun. It's important. If you do a lot of gluing, you got to have a favorite glue gun. Because this is the only one that's like made for like a full-size hand. All the others are like half the size, and my hand cramps up when I use it, I end up spilling glue, almost always guaranteed to get a burn on some part of a finger from an extra drip of glue I wasn't counting on. But these guys at Arrow have really done a nice design here. It's high-temp glue gun. It's heavy-duty. It's durable. It heats up super fast, and it's got the all-important drip-resistant nozzle. It's also got the glue control, so that means you don't have to use a lot of glue or a little glue. You can use just the right amount of glue, and you won't be wasting it. It's worth 49 bucks and going out to one listener who reaches out to us with a how-to question. Make that you. You can do it two ways. 888-MONEYPIT is our phone number, or post your questions at moneypit.com. Richard in California, you've got the Money Pit. How can we help you today? Oh, my question is, well, what happened is I had an under-the-sink water filter burst flooded my house. And I've had two people say that one person said that I need to replace all the drywall that got wet. Another person says uh, that's fine, the drywall is fine. My question is, is, what do I need to do? What is the proper thing to do? Well, Richard, what does the drywall look like? I mean, did it dry out or does it look all like spongy and gross? Uh, it looks like it just dried out. Right. If it dried out, then there wasn't enough water to form it. There's no reason to replace it. I mean, sometimes when you get a bad leak, and especially with a ceiling leak, water will sit above a drywall and it will cause it to kind of swell and buckle downward. And when it deforms like that, there's no fix for it. You have to cut it out and replace it. But if it just got wet because of the leak and then it dried out and it's still flat, then I wouldn't worry about it. You may have, you know, if there's any uh, joints in the drywall that have to that have separated, have to be retaped or repaired. Certainly, you, know, you could do all of that. Uh, but otherwise, I think you're you're fine just the way it is. Now, I would recommend that you prime it first with a solvent-based primer or an oil-based primer to make sure that you've sealed in any staining. Well, once you do that, I think that you're pretty much good to go and you're done. I don't see a reason to replace it. It's a lot of work. <laughs> all right. Well, that's what we try to do, Rich. Thanks so much for calling us at eight eight eight. Money Pit. Well, most of us are going to spend more on heating this winter than we actually want to, but while homeowners can do things like purchase new energy-efficient heating systems, adding insulation, replacing windows, renters don't have those same options to improve their heat in their home because they don't own it. Or do they? Well, actually, there are several easy improvements that renters can make that will keep them both warm and keep that money close at hand. We're going to share those tips right now in today's Smart Spending Tip presented by the Bank of America Customized Cash Rewards Credit Card. Now, first, if your apartment's heating system and if the rental agreement allow, we would recommend you install a Wi-Fi-enabled programmable thermostat, like, like a Nest thermostat, for example, which is the one that I'm using around here. Um, this will have the heat kick in when you're home, but it automatically dials it back when you're gone. Now, thermostats are pretty easy to hook up. A lot of these have really good instructions that go along with them. And when you move out, you can simply put the old thermostat back because they're not inexpensive. They're probably, you know, 75 to 100 bucks. 
Now, you also want to make sure that all of your heating registers or radiators aren't blocked so that the warm air can actually flow freely into each room in the apartment. And if your unit has radiators, you want to slide heat-resistant reflectors between that radiator and the wall, and that can help send even more warmth into the room. Now, to cut down on drafts, you want to look for all of those possible air escape routes like around windows and doors and seal them off with a removable caulk. This is pretty cool stuff because it basically provides a weatherproof barrier against the drafts and the moisture when it's applied, but it can be easily removed without causing any damage. It seals the window closed for the season, but it peels right off in the spring. Now, one caution on that, if the window does need to be open year-round, like, for example, it's your fire escape, then don't use the Cox version of this. Just go with regular weather stripping, which works for windows as well as doors. And finally, did you realize that all homes have dozens of holes in the exterior walls where that cold air is able to seep in? You know what? They're called outlets, you guys, and switches. And when they're on an exterior wall, they are basically a draft machine. I mean, you hold the back of your hand against one on a windy day, and you will feel that stream of icy air coming in. So if you don't fix it, you're going to feel uncomfortable. It's going to drive up the cost of your heating. And there's a super simple solution. It's a foam outlet gasket. These are going to be shaped just like the outlet or the switch cover. And then it's going to seal the gaps around that light switch or the outlet and block that air from coming in completely. And it's such an inexpensive, simple fix. Really, anybody can do it and you should do it. So even if you're a renter and if you don't own the place, these are improvements that you can literally take with you in the case, for example, of a thermostat that don't cost very much, but will make you much more comfortable. And that's today's smart spending tip presented by the Bank of America customized cash rewards credit card. Apply for yours at bankofamerica.com slash more rewarding. All right. Now I've got Linda from Rhode Island on the line who's having a hard time being patriotic. What's going on, Linda? Well, what I have, the flagpole I have, is the actual bracket that you put the, the aluminum pole into. Okay. And I was trying to attach it to the front column, which is aluminum on my porch. Okay. But the column is not perfectly smooth. It's like variegated with okay. indents, and right. it is right up close to the frame of the door. Okay. So I put one, I was able to put one screw in that came with it. And when I put the other screw in, it held for maybe a day, the first day the flag was up. Right. And the next time I went to put it up, the other screw, one of the screws pulled out. Just popped out, yeah. Okay, yeah. so um, let me, you want to put this on the column, and you see the column is next to your door, is that right? It, right next to the door frame. It's a very small area. But the whole area in the front is small. All right. So a, a couple of ideas. First of all, in a scenario like that, the hardware that comes with the bracket is probably not good enough because what you want is a screw that's going to go uh, deep into that column or deep through the column. And, in the, and if in your case the column is part of the front facade of the house, it would go into the frame. So a longer screw is going to be helpful. And the second thing is that you're going to want a pilot hole those screws before you put them in, not just try to force them into the into the column metal. So you're going to want to use a drill that is smaller than the screw. If you can imagine a, a screw has the threads and has sort of the solid part in the middle, you want the pilot uh, drill to be just a little bit smaller than that solid part of metal in the middle of the screw. Now, the other thing that you could possibly do if you're having trouble because, as you described, it's uneven and sort of variegated, I think was the word you used, is you could put another block on that column first. Now, you could do this with metal. You could do it with like a piece of, of oak, like uh, wood that was, you know, finished. 
and you attach that really solidly, and then you put the bracket on top of that. So this way you'll have another piece in between, but it might make uh, collectively for a more secure installation by not putting the bracket right on that variegated uneven column. So those are a couple of options for you, but I think you're going to need better hardware, not just what came with the bracket, because you're right. It has to be really secure, especially when that flag starts whipping in the wind. Those brackets take a, a lot of force, and if it's not held in well, uh, it's going to pop out. Oh, well, thank you ever so much. I certainly will take your advice and I'll try it. All right. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Thank you. Hey, guys, if you are a professional contractor, if you are in the remodeling business, if you're a custom builder, we have got a brand new podcast for you. We've partnered with LL Flooring to launch a podcast that provides tips and ideas and resources to help improve the success of your business. Now, it's called the Pro Files Podcast because it's all about pros. It's pros teaching pros. It's pros sharing strategy and sharing solutions that are going to save time, increase profit, and improve your customer satisfaction. We'll be profiling contractors on the show who are veterans and those that are willing to share tips and tricks and ideas that are specific and very actionable to help make you more successful in your business. You can listen and follow the Profiles podcast at llflooring.com slash pro. That's llflooring.com slash pro or wherever you get your pods. Ryan in California is on the line with all that buzzing. He's got some bees at his place. What's going on? I'm having a really bad problem with... Uh meat bees or yellow jackets with my cat food. I can't put my cat food out. I have traps all over the yard everywhere, which they're filling up very fast, but I need some help with these bees. What can you do for me? There's a type of trap that's made by the company's called Rescue, R-E-S-C-U-E, uh, and it's called a trap stick. And I like these. I've used them. They're like plastic baskets that are brightly yellow, and they have uh, a, a sort of tube inside of them that's covered with adhesive. And they last a year, and the wasp will crawl into this basket and get stuck there. So these traps have to depopulate a little bit. There's not going to be an easy way for you to completely eliminate bees in the cat food. However, I do have one suggestion, and I've used this to try to, and I'm working in an area that has a lot of mosquitoes or, or biting flies. I'm not going to get rid of mosquitoes. I'm not going to get rid of the biting flies. And sure, I could put on DEET and that sort of thing. But you know what's really effective? a fan, because if you put a little wind through that area, the bees can't fly there. They can't land, and that actually keeps them away. So you might want to think about that. If you've got a little, you know, oscillating table fan that you can set up for the kitty when the kitty is eating outside, that will definitely keep the bees away from the cat food. Oh, that's pretty smart. Good call. Well, as temperatures and dry conditions in many parts of our country have reached historic highs, we've all watched as devastating fires have swept through the West. And as homes here and in other parts of the nation are built going forward, fire resistance is something a lot of homeowners are now very concerned about. Yeah, you know, this is a big topic, and it's one that you are definitely right to focus on if you're building a home. But manufacturers are also doing their part to create products that are not only non-combustible, but also environmentally friendly. For example, one material that you might not think about is insulation. Some insulations perform better than others in fire conditions. Uh, the Owens Corning next-gen pink insulation, for example, is one that doesn't need a chemical fire retardant to be added because fiberglass itself is non-combustible. Now, that also means that there's less potential for smoke compared to combustible insulation materials, which is another factor to consider in a fire safety scenario. Yeah, good point. So to learn more about the new pink next-gen fiberglass insulation, go to pinknextgen.com. That's pinknextgen.com.
We have got a great prize to give away this hour, and I'm talking about my most favorite glue gun ever. No, it's not actually the glue gun that I use all the time, but it is the same glue gun. I'm not sending you my glue gun because I love my glue gun. We're going to send you a brand (laughs) new one, guys. We've got up for grabs the Arrow GT300 glue gun. Popular Mechanics says it is the best glue gun by far, and one lucky DIYer is going to grab this. It's designed so well. It feels great in your hand. Your hand's not going to cramp up when you're working on a big project. It's got a drip-resistant tip. You can control the glue flow. It's high temp. It's great for pros and DIYers. It really is the perfect glue gun. It's worth 49 bucks. You're going to love it. The Arrow GT300 glue gun is going out to one listener drawn at random. So make that you. You got to be in it to win it. So call us with your home improvement questions at one eight 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 money pit That's 888-666-3974 or post them to moneypit.com. Sam in Idaho, you've got the money pit. What can we do for you today? I have a length of cedar fencing someone gave me. Uh, I'm in a planet. Uh, it's 10 or 12 years old, never been in the ground. I'm just curious if uh, you would recommend treating the post. Well, you can treat the post if you want to put like a wood life on it and make sure you get into the end grain. It'll help a little bit. But I mean, the best way to stop that post from rotting is more about the installation. And what I would recommend is this. I would use a post hole digger to dig it the hole just slightly wider than the post itself. I would put about four inches of gray gravel stone in the bottom of the hole, set the post on top of that stone, and then use the rest of the stone to fill around the post and tamp it down. Now, you can use a tamping iron. Or if you don't have a tamping iron, you can use the butt end of a two-by-four uh, to, to do the same thing. But do not concrete those posts into the ground because the concrete will hold a lot of water against the post that will cause rapid deterioration. If you just put the stone in, it'll be really, really strong, uh, and it'll drain well. So that's the best way to preserve it. Okay, guys. Thank you. Well, if your driveway is stained from oil leaks, cracked, or just worn, now is a great time for you to clean and seal it so that it's ready to stand up for all that the winter weather's got to dish out to it. You know, snow, ice, all that de-icer that keeps dripping off your car. So beyond stain removal, driveway maintenance is really going to depend on whether you have a concrete driveway or an asphalt driveway. Yeah, so let's first talk about those oil stains. You can get rid of them when you mix up a solution of trisodium phosphate, but you want to mix it into kind of almost like a paste. You know, you find this stuff in the paint aisle of any hardware store. You apply the TSP paste, wet the stain, you let it sit for an hour or more, and then you rinse it off. Now, the sooner you get to the stain, the better, but even old stains can be significantly lightened, if not completely removed, by using the TSP. Now, that is, of course, as long as you fix the car first. (laughs) Don't clean it (laughs) until you get rid of that oil leak. Truly, if you keep having that oil leak, it's just going to come back. (laughs) I did it, but it came back. I don't understand. (laughs) (laughs) Now, if you've got an asphalt driveway, those need to be resealed. So you want to use asphalt-compatible products to fill in the cracks, the gaps, the holes, and then you use a disposable squeegee to apply an airport-grade latex sealer over the entire surface. You want to make sure that the forecast is clear for the applying and drying time because rain is going to cause that sealer to run onto your sidewalks and into the street, and when it does, it leaves some pretty nasty stains. So definitely look at the forecast. You've got to follow with a generous drying period up to a couple of days if possible. And when you're done, you're going to have a very attractive automotive entrance. And now if you've got a concrete driveway with a worn surface, it's also a good idea to apply a concrete resurfacing product to the entire driveway. There's lots to choose from, but we like the QuickCrete Recap because it is specifically formulated to stick and stick well to old concrete, and it'll leave your driveway looking almost brand new. If you want some more tips, check out our checklist on moneypit.com. It's simply called Driveway Ceiling and Maintenance Tips, and you will have all the step-by-step right there.
Lauren, South Dakota's on the line with a leaky basement. What's going on? Oh, thanks for taking my call. Um, we live in a lovely vintage home, but we have for 25 years, and we want to be here another 25 years. But we have this problem about, um, you know, we're in western South Dakota. About every three, maybe four years, it rains a lot, and it's generally three to four days of continuous rain. And what happens is water begins seeping into our basement. And uh, it, it's only happened maybe three to five times in the 25 years we've lived here. However, we don't know how to fix this. We've had contractors come in we've had, who won't even respond and give us a recommendation. Uh, we really don't know what to do. And, uh, you know, uh, hoping you can give us some advice. So it's a really, really simple project to do and a simple problem to fix. And the reason it is because you've explained to me that this water problem is caused by severe rain. And when you ever, whenever you have a basement water or crawl space water problem that's uh, tied into rainfall or snow melt, the solution is always to fix the drainage at the foundation perimeter. And there's two ways to do that. The first thing you need to do is to look at the gutter system. You need to make sure you have a gutter system, that it's big enough to handle um, all the water that's coming off the roof. You need one downspout for every 600 to 800 square feet of roof surface. And if you stand back and try to kind of estimate that in your head, you know, you can get a pretty good idea if it's uh, if it's enough. And also, if you go out in a severe thunderstorm or something, and we don't want you to get hurt, but if you see the gutters overflowing, you know that they're either clogged or they're just not big enough. But that water's got to be managed. It comes off that roof. When it goes down the downspout, that downspout's got to be extended at least four to six feet from the foundation. A lot of times, we'll find that those downspouts are jumping right at the corner of the foundation, and then just drops right back into the basement. So get the roof water under control first. That's the biggest cause of what basement's right there and the easiest to fix. Oh, is it? Okay. So it's, is it possible to like add um, uh, spouts like to your gutter system or? Yes. And sometimes you have to do that. Sometimes you can add a, a, a wider spout instead of having a four inch downspout, you could have a six inch downspout um, connected to the old gutter system. But you need to make sure you've got the downspouts, you've got the gutters and they're flowing properly and that, and that discharge is, is well away from the foundation perimeter. Most installers will turn it out about 12 inches at the bottom and put a splash block there, but that's just not enough. You've got to move that water well away from the house. And then the second thing is to look at the grading, the angle of the soil at the foundation perimeter and make sure it's sloping away from the house. Uh, it should drop about four inches or six inches over four feet. And if it's flat or if it's tilted back into the house or if the grade is made up of a lot of mulch or a lot of stone or you've got like a brick scalloped edge that's holding water against the house, you basically want any water that lands in that first four feet at the foundation perimeter to run away from it. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. So we would have then that found, uh, it graded away from the foundation. Okay. Because we do have some stone here and there. And, you know, it's we haven't changed the gardens a lot, you know, since we've been here. But um, that really, so there's nothing to seal like in the basement or we don't need to worry about that? Nope. There is nothing, there's absolutely nothing to seal. No, you, what you basically want to do is exactly what we said. You want to keep the water away. Believe me, it is that easy. In fact, if you go to moneypit.com, you will find on the homepage uh, an article about how to fix a leaky basement. And the reason it's on our homepage is because in the 16-year uh, history of the Money Pit, it's the most popular article we've ever written. It's had hundreds of thousands of views and lots and lots of comments. And it's, it's had that kind of traffic because it works. 
and it's uh, surprisingly easy to to fix. Oh well, thanks a lot. Gosh, that's great because I, you know, I had these visions of adding, trying to add some pumps and this and that, and then I was really concerned because the contractors wouldn't even get back to us that we'd called. And yeah, not not necessary. Okay, well, thanks so much, and I really love your show. I listen every weekend when it's out here. So, <laughs> so glad you do. Thanks so much for calling us at eight 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 Money Pit. Mike wrote in with a great timely fall project question. He says, I built a deck last summer and now I want to stain it. Since last year, some boards have cracked, so I replaced them. The problem is how do I match the colors with different tones on the new boards? I mean, first of all, let's talk about this is the great, perfect weather to stain a deck outside. As long as you've got no rain, it's going to dry beautifully with no humidity. So great timing. Yeah, it really will. Now, I wouldn't worry too much about the different tones right now because they're going to even out over time, especially by the end of next summer, you probably wouldn't be able to pick out the newer boards from the older boards. I would focus on choosing the right stain product here. Uh, You know, you have options in semi-transparent or solid color. I would advocate for the solid color. Uh, First of all, you'll have no differentiation in colors between the boards. If you do that, you'll still see the grain, uh, but it's going to last you a lot longer. You know, sometimes when you have to replace those boards like that, you do, it does get a little stripey for a while because you see the newer and the older ones. Even if you have a cracked board and you want to uh, not have to replace it, you can just flip it over, but you'll find that the underside, while not cracked, will also be a completely different color. But give it a few months of the sun and it will all even out. You know, Mike, with this project, a great way to apply the stain is with a paint sprayer. You can put stain in a paint sprayer. You have to make sure you clean it out properly when you're done with the project. But it's important that you get into all the spaces that you can to protect that decking through all the elements and whatever weather is going to dish out to it. So with the sprayer, you're going to get in between the boards. You're going to get into all the graining. I mean, it's a super fantastic project to use this for. You can rent one. You can check them out at Wagner.com. Lots of different great paint sprayer options at a variety of price points. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Well, there are tons of organizers out there, but I always like when I can find something in the house that I can turn into an organizer. And I did this with an old shutter. And it turns out that Leslie's been doing these for years. So I said, hey, what a great topic for today's edition of Leslie's Last Word. Leslie, take it away. Yeah, now we're talking about a shutter that has those louvered edge looks to it, not one of the raised panel ones, because that's not going to help you here. So if you've got a louvered style shutter, this is a perfect project and a great way to keep organized, plus look really cool at the same time. I mean, this is a very stylish, fun project, and it can be as rustic as you want it or as modern and clean and polished as you want. And that, of course, depends on the finish of the shutter. If you find one that's more vintagey with some chipped paint, that's a great look if you've got that sort of cottage beachy style home. But if you've got a more modern home, go for one that you can paint or maybe even a fiberglass one that's just super smooth and ready to go in a variety of colors. So what you do is you hang that shutter on the wall. It's great. You can hang it upside down so that the space between the overlapping slats face upward. And then what you want to do is use binder clips to secure all your papers, invitations, photos, everything goes right to the slats. And ta-da, you've got a super nice looking organizational tool. I mean, it really is a great project. And if you want, 
want, why not keep it going for a card holder during the holiday season? Perfect place to display your kids' artwork, A-plus tests, all of the stuff you want to highlight but keep looking really neat and great. And it's a great way to recycle a salvage yard find. So this is a good project for this time of year. So I was ahead of my time then. <laughs> you always have been, Tom. You know this. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. Coming up next time on the program, chances are you might be living with the heating system that was in your home when you bought it. But new construction is not the only time you can choose the way you want to heat your house. We are going to talk about conversions from oil to gas or electric to gas or electric to oil and help you determine whether it's worth it and whether this is a good solution to help you save money. Uh, and be more comfortable in the coming cold weather ahead on the next edition of The Money Pit. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone. You live in a Money Pit.